Welcome home to the sanctuary, a place of rest for the broken and weary, where you can let go, cause you're fully known by forever, daddy. Oh, how we love you so. I know it's time to feel Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. John chapter 7 starting in verse 1 it says after this Jesus went from place to place in Galilee for he would not travel in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him we're going to go down to verse 10 but after his brothers left for the festival Jesus also went though secretly staying out of public view the Jewish leaders tried to find him at the festival and kept asking if anyone had seen him. There was a lot of grumbling about him among the crowds. Some argued he's a good man, but others said he's nothing but a fraud who deceives the people. But no one had the courage to speak favorably about him in public, for they were afraid of getting in trouble with the Jewish leaders. Verse 32, the Pharisees learned how the people were saying these things about him under their breath, and the chief priests and the Pharisees sent attendants or guards to arrest him. Verse 45, when the temple guards returned without having arrested Jesus, the leading priests and Pharisees demanded, why didn't you bring him in? We have never heard anyone speak like this, the guards responded. Have you been led astray too, the Pharisees mocked. Is there a single one of us rulers or Pharisees who believes in him? This foolish crowd follows him, but they are ignorant of the law. God's curse is on them. When Jesus walked on earth, he had an enemy. And believe it or not, it wasn't the sinners, it wasn't the, it it wasn't the prostitutes and the criminals and the murderers. They seemed to welcome him. The Bible said he went and he ate with them. He tried to win them for the Lord, showed them love. And they accepted him. They sat with him. But who was his enemies? It was the religious leaders of the day. It says here the Jews... But when it says the Jews, it's not talking about the majority of Jewish people. It it tells us that the majority of Jewish people were like sheep without a shepherd. They had no leader. They were harassed and helpless. But it it was the Pharisees who were his enemy. Now the Pharisees were the religious leaders of the day. They were the priests. They were the teachers. Those were the heads of the congregation. And, and the Bible says that not only did they hate him, but they tried to kill him. They tried to arrest him. But why did they hate him so much? It, John chapter 7 tells us one reason that the religious leaders hated Jesus so much was because he told them that they were sinners and they didn't like it. You see, I know a lot of people, they walk around with a big Bible, and they have a nice suit. And they don't like it too much if you tell them, you you need to repent. It's hypocrisy. It has to do with people who say that they are leaders, that they're leading the people, they're teaching the people but they don't want to be convicted themselves. And the Bible says that these leaders hated Jesus because of that. They wanted Jesus to come to them and say, Wow, you are great people. You're just wonderful leaders. 
Instead, he went to them and, and he convicted them of sin and called them sinners. Because I don't care if you're a leader, I don't care if you're a bishop, a pastor, Billy Graham, or anyone else, you need Jesus. You, you're gonna, you have sin in your heart. The Bible says there's not even one. There's not one person who hasn't sinned. So that was one reason, but that's not the reason I'm going to focus on today. There was another reason that the religious leaders of the day hated Jesus so much. And we could find it in Mark chapter 7. So I'm going to turn to the book of Mark chapter 7 starting in verse 1. Talking about the Pharisees. And again, the Pharisees were the religious leaders. Verse 1, the Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were unclean, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders, instead of eating their food with unclean hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. And he said to them, You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. See, the Pharisees had their own book of man-made laws. At one time, before I was a Christian, I was what was called an Orthodox or a religious Jew. And when I became a religious Jew, they handed me a book. And it had a whole bunch of rules and regulations. It says when you wake up in the morning, you can't walk more than 10 feet without washing your hands. It tells you what prayers to pray, when to pray them, what songs to sing, who you can talk to, whose house you can go to. It's a whole series of man-made rules dating back to the time of the Pharisees. And what the Pharisees did was that they built a whole religion based on tradition, the, the rules of men, the writings of men. See, we're, we're only called to read what this Bible says. You see this book right here? This is the Word of God. And if somebody tells me I can't do something, they better show it to me right here. But you see, these Pharisees, they didn't care what the book said. They said, we've got our own rules. We've got our traditions. And Jesus was eating bread. And there's a rule among the Pharisees, which still exists today among the religious Jews, that before you eat bread, you have to go through a ceremony of washing. So what they do is they take a cup, and you got to pour it over your hands three times. And then after you do that, you can't talk until you say this long prayer. But you know what Jesus said? If it's not in the Bible, I'm not following it. I don't care about your traditions. And they got mad at him because they said... This isn't the way that it's always been done. This isn't how we grew up. This isn't how our fathers did it. And they told Jesus, who was God himself, that he was in sin, that he was not a man of God, that he was not a prophet because he didn't follow the rules of men. They told that to God himself. You see, there's one attitude that God hates. And that's the attitude, is that this is the way that we've always done it, and this is the way that you better do it now. There, there was a great man in the 1700s 
named Jonathan Edwards, and he was a founder of Yale University, and he began a great revival in our nation called the Great Awakening. And he said what the church has been used to is not a rule by which we are to judge. We are not to limit God where he has not limited himself. In other words, I don't, I don't care what, how it's always been done. I don't care what kind of clothes that the church used to wear two years ago, ten years ago. I don't care what kind of music. Well, I don't care what styles because it's nothing about that. Christianity has nothing to do with tradition and, and the rules of man. But yet the religious spirit is still active today. And I'm not associating it with any particular church. You can be in the freest church where there's no restriction and that voice still coming in your head. Oh, you can't do it that way. You can't, you can't do that kind of worship. You can't, you can't minister that way. That's not how you grew up. People tell me that all the time. They get angry that I'm not wearing a suit. When I come to church, they say, well, that's the way I always learned it. That's the way I grew up. But can someone show me here in the Bible where it says that I have to wear a suit on Sunday morning? Other than that's the way that it's always been done. Other than that's the traditions of the elders. On the other hand, if somebody loves to wear suits, and I know people like that, they love to dress up then I bless them just as much. What the Bible wants you to do is be who you are. Worship, uh, worshiping God, serving God as an expression of your heart. Now, there are biblical boundaries. I'm not saying everything goes. Freedom doesn't mean that we could just go ahead and do everything that we want. The Bible tells us that when, when everything we do, we need to do it with a pure heart. That we need to walk in holiness. The Bible teaches us modesty. Or in other words, we're not supposed to dress a certain way in order to draw attention to ourselves. It doesn't tell us what style we can use, but we, can't, we don't want to dress in ways that when people see us, it draws their attention to us. Why? Because our job as Christians is to draw people to God. That through our lives that God will be glorified. The Bible says that everything we do, we need to do it in love and compassion. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Everything that you do in life, whether it's in church, whether it's at home, don't follow the restrictions of man, whether, whether you're rocking or rapping, I don't care. But do it all for the glory of God. When pe as people see your life, as they hear your music, as they listen to you worship, as they see how you dress and carry yourself, let it not be because, because when people look at you, you want to lift up a certain culture or lifestyle. It's all about him. It's all about loving God. It's all about worshiping Jesus. See, if you go down to John chapter 7, verse 37. Going back to John chapter 7. It says, On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, streams of living water will flow from, with, from within him. See, Christianity is not about a bunch of rules. It's not about traditions. It's not about which songbook you use. But Christianity is about the life of Christ flowing in and out of you. See, God is not limited by the way that they did it when you were growing up or how they did things yesterday because God is alive and he's always, he's always doing something new. 
but we put so many boxes around them and so many so many restrictions when God wants to release the spirit of creativity Do you know that God created 25,000 different species of fish and 10,000 species of birds? I guess he's not afraid of variety or diversity. I, I remember when I became a Christian, you know, it, it, it's the first book I picked up said, well, when you do worship, you have to stick to only certain styles of worship. In other words, white, white Western European music is the only form of worship that there can be. They, the book said, that I read from a very famous pastor here in New York City said, Christian rock music is of the devil. Christian rap and hip-hop is of the devil. But you show me anywhere in the Bible where the devil owns anything. See, God created rhythms. God created music so that he can be glorified. I, I've taken a lot of criticism in different churches when I'll bring someone up who does rap or, or rock. And they'll say, well, that's okay for somewhere else. That's good for the street. But Sunday morning, we can't have that in church. That's not the way we've always done it. That's not our tradition in this church. The devil doesn't own any music. The devil doesn't own anything. People tell me, oh, I'm afraid of Halloween because that's the devil's day. The devil got no day. The Bible says, this is the day that the Lord has made. You see, the devil got nothing. Well, let me bring my friend Bird up. Maybe he could say this a little better. Come on, Bird. God bless you this morning. Kind of hard when the introduction is talking about this is not the devil's day. That's something interesting. We're talking about creativity and diversity in worship. It doesn't matter what kind of style you use to worship God. What matters is why you worship and who you worship. Because God is seeking purity and holiness in us. He's not seeking hip-hop. He's not seeking rap. He's not seeking rock. He's not seeking dance. He's seeking a relationship with you. And in turn, we seek a relationship with him. So this morning, I don't want you guys to get tired of me either. I know I rapped last week. But Gary sent me a message on Facebook and says, Bird, it'd be really nice if you could come and speak. I said, okay, I'm there with him. But the way I like to speak is with a little bit of rhythm. Is that all right? So this is the theme. Creativity and diversity in worship is something that's still being worked on in most churches. That's the hook. Real simple. One more time for you. Creativity and diversity in worship is something that's still being worked on in most churches. I'll do a little freestyle first, then we'll go. So how do I worship? It has to be sincere. Lord Jesus Christ, I just want your ear. What I say has to be authentic. If I say, Lord, I love you, I meant it. A lot of people see me in the street and say, Bert, you only sound sweet when you're over a beat. But uh-uh, come to my house, check me out. My wife can tell you what I'm like. She won't shout me out. She knows I try to be a godly man. I wake up in the morning and say, oh, man, got to go to work. We got to feed my kids, feed my fam. You know how it is. I'm a godly man. Endure hardship as a soldier of Christ. That's right. That's the way I like. Because it is for freedom Christ set us free. It's like a double-edged sword for everyone in the sanctuary. Right to the heart. That's where it starts. You got to understand that Christ is a part of my life. Is that all right? Oh, where was I? Oh, creativity and diversity in worship is something we're working on in all churches. Any Spanish people here? 
Esta es la escena, Cristo caminando en la arena Llega cerca del mal, el lugar pronto se llena Para oír y escuchar, pues Él va a predicar Palabra especial de mi Padre Celestial, este es cierto Cristo caminaba en el desierto En la eternidad, Él conocía a un belto Ese soy yo, pero como puede ser, no entendía Desde la eternidad, Cristo ya me conocía Oye el mal, las olas chocan fuerte contra las rocas Cristo se prepara, pronto abre la boca Algunos preguntaban, otros criticaban los que conocían ya, alababan y alababan al maestro, un segundo más escucha esto, el padre manda al hijo ustedes saben el resto muchos sanados, el cansado, reforzado el paralítico sentado, ya se había parado, el mudo que desde que nació, no había hablado, fue escuchado por el soldo a su lado con mucho agrado, Cristo perdonaba los pecados, el hombre asombrado a ver tan sagrado fue hacia la cruz en oscuridad, él es la luz ahora escuchen bien, yo alabo a mi Jesús, ahora escuchen bien yo alabo mi Jesús so creativity and diversity and worship is something that's still being worked on in most churches <laughs> okay now next week when you come to church you gotta think of something that's gonna hurt like giving up smoking, drinking, dancing and all that as a matter of fact give up anything that makes you feel like you're walking fat in the street maybe it's a gold chain Maybe it's the time you're stuck into the train. Say, nobody see me, Lord, I'm not playing. Huh, say that when the Lord came and didn't see your name in the book, even though you took a look. Lord, I want to go to heaven, but now you're all shook. Because you did things that you shouldn't do, but don't you know that 24-7 the Lord sees you? Because creativity and diversity and worship is something that's still being worked on in most churches. Huh. Y'all can say that with me so you remember. Creativity and diversity in worship is something still being worked on in all churches. Now, huh. I believe I'm running out of time. But I really just want to leave you with this one line. That beautiful lady there, that's a wife, that's mine. And I praise the Lord because she's so divine. And those three children by her side, they live with me. That's right, look at them closely, there's three. I have a daughter and two sons, but guess what? Together as a family, we worship as one. It doesn't matter where you go or what you do. What matters is that the Lord is always there with you. If you have to do it on your knees or stand and raise your hands, it's okay as long as you worship the I am. I am that I am, the one that died on the cross and he's alive today, that's why I call him my boss. If it was for him, y'all, I'm happy to go to work. But nah, not with a certain tie, go to work. Whew. I'm sorry, you just let me enjoy the diversity of the drum. One time. Creativity and diversity in worship is something that's still being worked on in most churches. Amen. I'm going to declare to you that what he just did was just as holy and just as much worship as if we just sang a mighty fortress is our God written 200 or 300 years ago. Because what did the scripture say? Oh, here come my beats. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry, it cut off. I, I was just getting in the flow. I was, I was just getting ready to rock the mic, and then it cut off. You see, because that worship that he did is an expression of, of who Bird is. It's an expression of his experience. It's an expression of who God made him to be. It's an expression of the creativity that God placed in him. And if we try to tell him, that's not real worship, or you can't do that Sunday morning, you just gotta, you gotta look into our songbook and sing one of the songs that we do every week. Because after all, that's our tradition. That's the way it's done here. Well, the minute that that's the way it's done here, we, we better go home. Because that's not Christianity. Christianity, again, it's all about living water flowing out of you, reaching up to heaven. It's alive. He's alive and he's in you. And you need to be who God created you to be. You see, 
You have the Holy Spirit in you. You can write better music than the world. You can make better movies. You can build better businesses. Because God placed something in you. You've got the creative spirit. The God who created the heavens of the earth with such diversity. So many colors. So many different types of people. But yet we want, we want to take God and say it's got to be this way or that way. And I'm not trying to create a new box. May, many days I just lay before the Lord and put on violin music of, of Christians who do soaking music. But sometimes I listen to the old hymns because I'm not restricted in any way. I'm free to hip-hop. I'm free to go back 300 years. Do not limit God in any way he has not limited himself. I'm going to ask Lori to come for a minute. I want to show you another way of worship. Wow, there's a lot of people here. All right, I've, I've recited this poem before, but I'm going to do it for you guys one more time. These words are terrific, tangled tendrils, corkscrew curls, crowning the glory that is this girl that God created. These intricate words and phrases are his gift, and I sing his praises, knowing that even in the darkness, I am immersed in his light. And as I fight these daily battles to resist the temptations and elations of this world for the promises of the next, I can't help but be vexed and perplexed at the mass suggested of mass-produced trash that the media is fast to force-feed minorities. See, we are a generation lacking spiritual education. Forgotten paths lead us off narrow paths to righteousness, and I fight this, this lack of knowledge of self by recognizing that my mind, body, and soul are my greatest wealth. Put my family first and eternally thirst for his grace. I give thanks and praise and will preach to anyone that will listen. I verbally christen virgin ears with the truth. I put my faith in the youth as our future. We are war-beaten, wounded, but unity will be our suture. And I encourage fathers, mothers, and lovers to sow seeds that will bloom and consume the emptiness that has been. For I know consciously choosing ignorance is indeed the greatest sin. Amen. I'm going to read one more scripture. I'm going to go back to the Old Testament, to 2 Samuel chapter 6. Speaking about King David. It was on a great day of rejoicing, a great day of worship. So 2 Samuel chapter 6, starting in verse 14. It says, David, wearing a linen ephod, danced before the Lord with all his might while he and the entire house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. And the ark of the Lord was entering the city. Oh, I'm going down to verse 16 now. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. Down to verse 20. When David returned home to bless his household, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, disrobing in the sight of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father, or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord, and I will become even more undignified than this. See, this is what happened with David. See, he was the king, and it was a great day of celebration, so he took off his kingly robes. See, you need those robes when you're a king, when you're dealing with people. But now he came before God. And he knew that before God, the fact that he was a king means nothing. 
You see, your status means nothing before God. So he took off the road saying, God, I'm, I'm, I'm just your child. I come to you not as a king, but as a man of God, as, as a son of the Most High God. And he began to dance and jump and leap. See, that, that's part of worship too. And it said that his own wife looked at him and despised him. And that was the same spirit that was on the religious leaders in Jesus' day. We don't, we don't want that kind of worship. Do you know that it's okay to worship God with your emotions? Do you know it's okay to be emotional before God and jump and run? I don't care what anyone says. I got the scripture. It says, let all that is within me bless his holy name. That means I, I can weep before the Lord. I could shout. I, I could run and jump. Or I can lay silently before God. I spend many hours just sitting before the Lord in quietness. And other time you could find me in my house when no one's there jumping all over the place. Because the only rule for worshiping God, the Bible says, is that we worship him in spirit and in truth. And if you got the spirit of God on you, you can worship him in any language. You can use any form or style. It doesn't have to be worse. It doesn't have to be only speaking. There's other, there's other styles. It doesn't have to be only singing. So I'm going to ask Diana to come. Oh, there she's hiding. I'm just trying to illustrate today that there's many forms of coming to God. And I want to break that mindset off of the church that it's got to fit into the way that we've always done it. And as they're doing that, I'm going to ask for Ephraim to get ready.
Amen. Amen. If you're called, if you know that you're called to music or, or the arts in any way, you're, you're called to be a writer or to be part of drama or dance, whether in church, out of church, or filmmaking, and anything of the arts, I just want to ask you to stand right now. We want to pray for you. I'm going to ask Melissa, can you come and pray? Because Melissa's got that spirit of creativity in her. And, and I'm just going to ask you to release what, whatever it is you're feeling. Heavenly Father, Lord, for too long, God, churches have been bound, God, by manly restrictions, Lord God. Father, so I thank you for those who have gone before, Lord God, and are in the filmmaking industries, Lord God, paving the way. I thank you, O oh God, for those that are in schools, Lord God, professing their love for you, O oh God, doing things that are holy and righteous and wonderful before you, O oh God. I thank you, Lord, for every genre of music, God, that I see Christians stepping into and walking into from reggaeton, Lord, to classical, God. We thank you for all of it. And Father God, this church has been blessed, oh God, by so much creativity, Lord. Father, I pray that right now you would release the passion and the gifts that they would flow from this place like a mighty waterfall, oh God. Father, those blessed in photography, those blessed in filmmaking, those who are writers, Lord, those who are singers, those who are instrumentalists, those who are songwriters, Lord God, musicians, dancers oh God poets my God father just release the arts in this place oh God that they would be high and lifted up that they would glorify your name oh God in the church and in the world oh God father for too long there's been so much division so we pray that you would break that wall in the name that stands above all other names the name of Jesus oh God father we pray that people would not be bound by tradition that our creative ability would not be bound, Lord God, by what we have seen, but by the miraculous, Lord God. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would just do a wondrous work in this place today, that people who are afraid, Lord God, to sing, who are afraid to write, but that you've given so much deposit into, would begin to release that. In the name of Jesus, I just come against fear. I come against worry. I come against doubt. I come against insecurity in the name of Jesus. Father, that we would not be bound by man, by criticism, Lord God. Father, it may not be the way that we like things, God, but you have created it, so it is good. And we deem it good. And we bless it, Lord. And we release it in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God. Amen. See, the, again, the only thing that we ask is that as you worship, as you make the movies, as you dance, as you write poems, as you sing, point people to him.
Sometimes we need to get out of his way. We want to point people to our talents. God gave us the talent so that he can be glorified. And we're going to do a different kind of worship right now. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. See, this might be a different kind of worship than you've ever seen on a Sunday morning. But let me tell you a secret. If there's anything you can't do Sunday morning, you can't do it at all. We call that hypocrisy. If there's any music you can't sing right here, right now, you can't do it anywhere. But I know these people. People, these are men who walk in holiness, that, that long to please God and long to glorify Him. So I'm going to ask for um, the flags to come. Well, well, I want you to see this right now as a time of worshiping God. Even though we're not going to sing Amazing Grace. We're not going to do a style maybe that you're used to doing. But I want to tell you, this is just as holy, just as much worship, just as God glorifying. So as they play, I'm going to ask you, just lift your hands before God. If you want to run and leap and jump, if you want to lay quiet, quietly, if you want to rock out the joint, I, I don't care. All I care is that your heart is turned fully to him. I only care that you are a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. This is why we worship. This is why we rock.
Just to help us with this last part, I need you to understand who you are in Him. God has given you, He's just, He's just doled out so many gifts in this place here, man. And like I said it before, that a lot of us are sitting on these gifts, man. You know, first, some of us think that the church won't accept it, but you know what? If we could get on this stage, man. And we can do what we just did and still honor God, then you know what? God can use you that, that much even that, that much more. So I want you guys just to say, that's all we are. That's all we are. That's all we are. That's all we are. Tell your neighbor, that's all we are. That's who you are, and that's who you are, and that's who we are. All the women say, and that's who we are, and that's who we are, and that's who we are, and that's who we are. All the fellas say, and that's who we are. That's all we are, and that's all we are. That's who we are. That's who we are. That's who we. That's all we are. That's who you call us to be. You call us to be. We're more than conquerors. See, that's pure worship. That, that's true worship. A, a heart full of, filled with God, filled with devotion to Him, giving it back to Him. I don't, I don't care what the rhythms are. I don't care how loud it is. I care about your heart. So I'm going to ask Sal to come back. And, and as he's coming back, as we close, we, we, we want to we we give you one more shot here. Beauty for ashes, 
peace that surpasses, healing the wounds of insults and lashes. God's love will cover the masses, watch them do it, outpouring of the spirit. That was Jesus' music. And love is the basis. He's the reason I made it. Christ took my sins and replaced it with greatness. Greater love has no man that will lay down his life for the sake of his friends, forsaking my sins. I was in bondage. Flesh had me locked up in prison. Scales over my eyes distorted my vision. But the chains came off and I came out winning. Christ gave me a new song and I came out singing. That is why I testify. He's the reason why I sing, I dance, I rap, I worship. His plans is perfect. And it ain't by our works, because on the real, we don't deserve it. But praise God that he loves us. Amen. So we're, we're going to close in one last song, giving glory to him. We're not going to care anymore how it's always been done. In Jesus' name, I just break that mindset off you of traditions, of this is the way I grew up, so this is the way I'm going to do it, and you better do it too, or I'm going to judge you, I'm going to criticize you. I break that spirit right now in Jesus' name. And I just release you to worship God in the way he created you, whether whether you just like to sit and sing quietly to him. Yes, Lord. Or whether you want to rap or rock or do poems or dance or twirl or write. Whatever it is for you, make, make movies about him that glorify his name. I just release you right now. I release you in Jesus' name. And I say there's no more restriction. That you are free in Jesus' name. Let's, let's just worship our way out of here. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.